All right. Well, on Saturday of last, like six days ago, I got to leave uh, Tampa, Florida and be in Sandy Ridge, North Carolina. It's in the foothills of North Carolina. I got to be with my family, my mom, my sister and her two kids and my grandmother. The older I get, the more I begin to appreciate those moments where my family can all be together. I grew up in Sandy Ridge, North Carolina. It's sandwiched literally between two of the most beautiful state parks in all of North Carolina. Hanging Rock State Park and Mayo River State Park both have these beautiful waterfalls. It's the one part of North Carolina that when you tell people in Florida about it, they're like, I've never been there because it's just a little too far away for them to go. And I'm not going to tell anybody about it because I love our um, well-kept secret. Like we get to go to the waterfalls and enjoy the state parks all by ourselves without a million tourists there to ruin our time. Um, So I just absolutely loved it. The first on Monday, we got up early that morning. The kids put on their bathing suits. We hiked uh, to a waterfall at Hanging Rock State Park. The water was a chilly 72 degrees. I literally like put my feet in. I'm like, I am from Florida officially now because that is that water is too cold for me. But I put my feet in. It was like 81 degrees, no humidity outside. This beautiful, beautiful tall waterfall coming down. It was the most clear and refreshing water I had seen like maybe ever in my entire life. It was such, thank you. <laughs> it was just, it was just absolutely beautiful, clear, refreshing water. I like breathed in and breathed out. And I was like, this is what peace and refreshing and wonderful vacation, like this is what it's supposed to feel like. So we played around the waterfall. We had a picnic with the kids. We had some ice cream at the state park and we got in the car. Well, we kind of got in the car. I pulled one of my best parenting moves. The kids, they're four and five. My kids are four and five. My sister's kids are seven and three. So they were like not at all excited about um, leaving the waterfall, the state park. So I pulled out my best parenting move and I bribed the kids. Anybody in the room um, use that effective parenting tool before? Um, Don't use it. Don't rely on it. But use it when you need to. I felt like it was an emergency. So I was like, kids, if you get in the car... If everybody buckles up in the car, we'll go to another state park and see another waterfall. And the kids are like, you promise? And Erica, you promise? And my kids are like, mommy, you promise? I was like, we promise, we promise. We literally like pulled out of the state park onto the main road and a thunderstorm, like Florida style thunderstorm hit. Thunder, lightning, wind. It was like scary, downpour. My mom was like, I don't know if we're going to make it home. It was only 15 minutes. It was fine, but it was like terrible. She parks under the carport. We like go inside. It storms for literally like an hour and 10 minutes. And I'm like, guys, I think the kids have forgot we were going to take them to the next state park. This is really good because it's going to be a mess outside if we go. So we like snuggle on the couch. We read some books. We play a few board games for the hour that it's like a torrential downpour and crazy storm. And it clears up, the sun comes out, and my daughter says, guess what time it is, Mom? I'm like, Emma. She was like, we can go to the other waterfall now. And I was like, no, we thought you'd forgot. She's like, but you promised, Mom. You promised you're not going to be here tomorrow. If we don't go now, we're not going to get to go. So I was like, all right, fine. Everybody in the car. My mom's like, you did promise them. Like, we got to go to the next waterfall. So we drove to Mayo River State Park. It's about a 50, another 15-minute drive. But a storm had just pulled through. So I don't know if anybody had, has seen a waterfall before a storm. Like it's not rained in three or four days. It's just beautiful, crystal clear water like we saw at Hanging Rock, right? Like be- absolutely beautiful water, right? 
We get to the waterfall at Mayo River State Park and it has just stormed for an hour and that water is disgusting. I'm just gonna be honest, it was like thick water. Muddy, like orange water stuff floating all in it. It was like gross and disgusting. And I looked at the kids, they like played all in the water at the waterfall at Hanging Rock. I was like, do not touch that water. It's gross and you're gonna catch some like deadly disease from putting your hands in that water. And so anyway, they. Of course, they got in the water because they're kids and they like found bugs or something. I don't, it was gross. I was like, get out of the water. It's nasty. It's gross. I can't see the bottom. I don't, you can't see your feet in that. Like, get out of the water. And so we, you know, we get back in the car. The waterfall was fine. It just was a completely different experience than the morning. The clear, refreshing, cold, beautiful, clean water, and then the muddy, gross, storm infested water at the next spot. Like it was just completely and totally a different experience. And when I got on the airplane the next day and was flying back here, I, I started to reflect on that experience a little bit. I was a science teacher, so I know that the reason I was scared for my kids to get in that muddy water is because I also know that all the pollutants on the road and in the fields and everything else is washed into that river. There's no telling what all is in that muddy, nasty water. But I got to thinking, so many of us are longing for that refreshing, clear waterfall experience, but our lives feel like that water where the storm has just passed through. So I want to ask you for just a second, where are you in your life right now? Are the waters of your life clear and refreshing and, and cool and peaceful? Or are the waters in your life muddy and gross filled with all kinds of pollutants from our broken and exhausting world, what is the water in your life like? What is it like? I need to tell you that I know a God who wants the waters of your life to be clear and peaceful and refreshing. And some of you are like, I don't even know how to get there. I feel like storm after storm after storm keeps passing through and making the waters of my life muddy. I can't see my feet in the water. I don't really know what the next step needs to be. The waters of my life feel muddy and gross and not clear and refreshing. And I need to tell you that I know God's plan for your life is for the waters to be clear and refreshing. So how do we get there? How do we get there? How does this water begin to be cleared out and become refreshing and peaceful, crisp, clean water again? Well, if you can remember, we've been in the book of Revelation. Revelation was a book written by a man named John. So I want to tell you a little bit about this guy named John. His dad's name was Zebedee. He probably went by Zeb for short. John was a fisherman. And probably 15 years before this book was written, John was out on a boat fishing in some water. Okay, that was his job. He was a fisherman. He depended on catching fish, bringing it back to land, and getting money for the fish to feed people in the community. That was his job, was to be a fisherman. One day, he's out doing his job, and this guy named Jesus, who he'd never heard of before, he has no idea who he is, he comes out to him and he says, hey, John, I've got something for you. I've got a bigger purpose for you than to, to fish for fish. I want you to use your skills and what God's created you to do for, to fish for people, to find people in the muddy waters of life, pull them out and introduce them to me and to God. That's what I want you to do. 
and it is not the great resignation. John is getting paid a pretty fair wage. Things are going great for John in his life. And you know what John does? In a, in a split second, you know what he says to Jesus? He drops his nets, he gets off the boat, and he follows him. He says, yes, yes, I will follow you, Jesus. And he spends the next three years of his life following Jesus around, watching him teach about ways to clear up the muddy, broken waters of our world. He watches Jesus heal people who've experienced pain that has absolutely muddied the waters of their lives. He sat in in a sea in the middle of a storm and he's watched Jesus calm the storm. He's watched Jesus walk on muddy, stormy waters. John spent the next three years of his life watching Jesus perform miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle by water. And then one day he finds himself in a room, an upper room, and Jesus tells him he's going to be crucified and died, but he's going to raise again and he needs him to be committed to the mission that he's been committed to for the last three years. And so Jesus, that's exactly what happens. Jesus dies on a cross. He's crucified. And these guys go back in to a room. They're locked up. Him and 12 other guys sit in a room all locked up. You know, I I was reading this story this week and I was like, maybe they were trying to be locked up because they were scared or maybe they were tightening up their resumes because fishing seemed a lot more appealing than following a dead guy's orders like that got crucified. Like what in the world were they doing? They're locked up in this room away from the world. What in the world are they going to do? And Jesus, Jesus' risen body appears in the room and says, my peace is with you. The waters of his life, again, are muddy. He's scared to death. Things feel chaotic. And again, Jesus shows up. And he says, the world is telling you to be scared. Be thinking about what you're going to do next. Get your purpose really clear. And Jesus stands in the room and says, I am your purpose. My peace I give to you. And I want to send you out to share my peace with other people. So John does this. He starts new churches. He um, helps to start all these new movements. He's doing all this stuff. And he winds up in Greece on what's called the Isle of Patmos. So it's beautiful. Like if you look up Greece, it's this beautiful crystal clear water, this beautiful like white gray pebble beach, like absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful water. And John is exhausted from ministry. The government is falling apart. Like the guy who's the governor just got assassinated. Things are crazy in this world. Things are just absolutely like Talk about storm, storm after storm after storm keeps passing through. Financial crisis, economic crisis, purpose crisis. Jesus isn't there. The church can't always agree on what they're supposed to do or how they're supposed to reach people. Families are fighting. Things are crazy. Storm after storm after storm keeps coming through. And John finds himself in ministry and and God's finally like, dude, take a nap. Take a nap on the beach. Some of y'all, if you're ready for God to clear up the waters of your life, you need to take a nap. Find somewhere and just lay down and take a nap. But as as John is taking a nap, he gets this vision. It's called Revelation. It is literally one of the most talked about books of the entire Bible because there's lots of different ways that you can interpret this book. But I need you to hear me. What this book is about is it's about a crystal clear vision of God finally and forever defeating evil. See, on the cross, Jesus sort of tore that veil between heaven and earth. He he made the, the possibility for heaven to come here on earth really possible. 
And the, the, the book of Revelation is about revealing the fullness and the clearness, the clarity of that vision to people who are following Jesus, this risen Jesus. And so he's asleep, he gets this vision, he's getting this dream of, of God defeating these things that are evil and tearing the world apart and that are broken. And, and there are a lot of people who've read this and says, this is what's going to happen in the future. But we miss the point about God. This is about God's love. God wanted to clear up the muddy, polluted waters of our lives and our world, offering something clear and refreshing and new. I've read y'all verse after verse after verse about God wanting to do that in our lives. And some of you are still sitting here and you're like, I'm ready for that new creation to come in my life and in my world today. How does that happen? And this week, as I was riding back on the plane, Chris and I were texting. He's been doing some study of Revelation. Keeps me honest up here, make sure I'm telling y'all the truth. Uh, thank you, Chris. Um, but we were talking about it, and he says, you know, this, a lot of people talk about it being a metaphor or whatever, but we've got to pay attention to three things that aren't there. Three things that aren't in this new creation that, that God is literally like pulling in to the world as he like knocks all the broken evil things out of the way. Three things that Jesus promises John in the vision aren't going to be there. Thing number one is no more seas. He's on the Isle of Patmos taking a nap. He's as relaxed as he's been in years. He's loving it. Why in the world would God say there's going to be no more sea, no more ocean, no more beach? Why would God say that? Because the sea in that time was a metaphor for chaos. Because what happens when you're on a boat and you don't have the National Weather Service plugged into your radio because it's before the time of those things? What happens when a storm comes up? Things get really chaotic. Things get really chaotic. What happens when you're enjoying a day on the beach and you all of a sudden an afternoon thunderstorm comes up and you don't really know what's happening or when it's going to get there? The sea is a metaphor for chaos. And the new creation that God wants to pull in, pull in to your life to, to clear out the waters, to, to get those pollutants and stuff washed out of the water and get crystal clear water in your life and in our world, He is going to get rid of the chaos. And that doesn't mean in a hundred years when Jesus comes back that's going to be true. That means it's coming true right now. That means right now, as you leave here tonight, you're going to have a choice to invest in and get all caught up in the chaos of the world or to step into the crystal clear water that Jesus will offer you as you leave here and step away from the chaos. You can get on your phone and look at Facebook and see what all everybody else is doing this weekend or you can be completely and totally content with the love and life and purpose Jesus has given you and get really clear about that tonight. In the morning, you can wake up and you can read your Bible and you can pray and you can get crystal clear about what it is God wants to do in your life and in our world. Or you can turn on the news and get all swept up in the chaos of recessions and government stuff, all that mess. You can decide in the morning if you are going to take a step into the crystal clear, refreshing waters of a world where God is removing the chaos. God is doing that and inviting you into it right now. Can you take a step into a world with no more chaos? God is literally pulling that world in. Do you have the courage to get swept up in that crystal clear water right now? There are little things you can do right now to choose to let God remove the chaos from your life. No more sea. There's also going to be no 
Sorry, I've got to remember all the things. No more tears was the other thing that we talked about. This is in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 5. It says, no more seas first, and it says, no more tears. Tears were signs of pain and sadness and shame and grief. What many of you, what stands between you and the purpose God has for you is your shame, your grief, and your pain. And God wants to heal that. The waters of this world get muddied up by storm after storm after storm. We live in a world of brokenness, cancer diagnosis, financial problems, uh, work issues, churches that aren't constructed on time, like thing after thing after thing that will absolutely muddy up the waters of your life and make things seem so unclear and polluted. And there is a new creation that God is literally ushering in where there are no more tears, no more pain, no more sadness. And God offers us that by healing us, H-E-A-L-I-N-G, healing us. And we have the choice. We have the choice to accept that healing that God wants to to begin in our lives. We may need some help. We may need a small group of people around us. We may need a community around us. We may need doctors around us. We may need all kinds of things around us for God to usher this healing into our lives. But the new creation that God is ushering in wants to get rid of that shame and that pain and that grief that is stopping you from living into the purpose of God's new creation coming into this world. No more tears, no more sea, no pain, no grief, no chaos, and no more night. We won't even need the light of the sun or the light of the moon. Night was fear. It was a fearful time. Shepherds, do you remember this? When Jesus was born, they were in the fields asleep by night. They were scared to death. And what's the first thing the angel says? Do not be afraid. In this new creation that God is literally pulling in, God is dispelling fear. What is it that you are afraid of? And what is that doing to block you from stepping into the new created purpose God has for you to offer clear and refreshing waters in your life and in the world? What is it that you're scared of? God is literally dispelling the night. God's new creation is about getting rid of all of the things that we are scared of because he's already defeated sin and death. He's already defeated the worst and the darkest things in the world. No more night. Here's the deal. We can wait. We can wait and wait and wait if we want to. Or we can join in the prayer of John who's asleep And at the end of this vision, this is what he says. He who testifies to these things, this is what Jesus says. He says, Revelation 22, verse 20. This is how the Bible ends. This is the last verse, couple of verses for us to read. He who who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Jesus promises to be ushering in and pulling in this new creation right now. And this is what John says. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And then he offers this prayer for the people that he would offer these words to for years and years to come. The grace, 
the powerful love of Jesus Christ that is ushering in this new creation where there's no more tears, where there's no more seas, and where there's no more, no more uh, darkness. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. This week, if you want to usher in God's new creation before you get out of bed in the morning, can you join me? Can every day this week, for the next seven days, can we just pray, come Lord Jesus. Clear up the muddy waters in my life and in this world. Come Lord Jesus, bring that new creation in. And not just for me, but for all of God's people. May this grace, may this powerful grace that you have given us, this new creation that you are pulling in, may it be offered to all of us. A simple prayer. That's all I'm asking for you to do this week is choose, choose to usher Christ into your life and in our world. Can we just pray every day this week? Come Lord Jesus. Amen. Can y'all do that with me this week? Will you pray with me? Come, Lord Jesus. So many of us are dealing with muddy waters, with dark nights, with chaotic things, with pain and shame and grief that we just can't quite heal from. And we pray right now, come, Lord Jesus. Refresh us. Every single one of us in here has a couple people on our hearts right now, God. And we just pray right now, come, come, Lord Jesus. And I pray over the saints of God gathered in this room that your grace and power will be so alive and running out of them, God, that people will see you and know you people who don't even know yet to pray, come, Lord Jesus. That your goodness and your grace will literally flow out of the people in this room like refreshing water. That you'll use us, heal us and use us for the new creation you want to usher in. Amen.